Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to this edition of Equipped to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers. So glad you're with us today. Today, we're going to be talking about relationships. I know it's a topic that we have covered before, but this one is going to be a little different. I have two guests in the studio, and that is Blythe Daniel and her mom, Helen McIntosh. They're the authors of two books. I'll make sure that those are put in the show notes. But we're going to focus on relationships. And the reason why is Helen is a counseling psychologist, and she has spent a great deal of her life working with folks to help them restore their relationships. And she's got her own story, and I can't wait for her to share a little bit about that. But she didn't have this family that she was able to draw the how-to-build relationships from. In fact, her growing up was rather difficult, and I bet many of you can relate. You know, we tend to parent, we tend to have relationships with others based on what was modeled to us as children. That's the first place we learn about relationships. And Helen's wasn't exactly the kind of relationships with her mother that she writes about now. And why does this matter? Something that I have learned as I wrote Parenting Beyond the Rules and as I'm working on other projects now, relationships really are the foundation. And as a parent, you do have the opportunity to teach your children how to navigate the subtle nuances of a relationship. It's not just manners or how to answer politely. It's not just how to get along. There's more to it than that. And so Helen has spent a great deal of time of her career, actually. She has appeared in Guidepost, Parent Life, and Home Life magazines. She is a mother and a grandmother and a wife to her sweet husband, Jim, who is absolutely a delight. She's probably one of the most positive women. When I get around her, and I recently saw Helen at her book release at a conference that I was attending. And every time that I have any interaction with her, I actually walk away with a smile on my face, just feeling good about saying hello, having a short conversation with her. Her daughter is a literary agent and represents authors and helps with marketing plans and development. She herself is a published author. She is the mother of three, and the author of two books, Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters, and I Love You, Mom. What excites me about having them on the podcast today is Blythe and I have gone through a lot of trials on this very topic of our mothers together. I met Blythe, yeah, it was about seven years ago. And I knew I had this book to write. Uh, Blythe and I's relationship began professionally uh, because of this book project, but it soon turned from 
author agent to daughter, daughter. My mother was struggling with declining health and Blythe's mother started having some health challenges. And Blythe and I heart were knit together in a different way. She walked alongside me as I traversed the different emotions of caring for my mom and then ultimately saying goodbye to mom as she entered heaven and I was left to continue on here. Their book, Mended, is absolutely so well written. Now, I'm not going to do the podcast on their book, although their newest book, I Love You, Mom, has just been released, and I really encourage you to get a copy of that. And we'll talk more about that. But the focus is just going to be on, regardless of your background, regardless of your upbringing or lack thereof, you are equipped to have the kind of relationships that God's designed you to have with others with friends, with your kids, with your spouse, with your parents. He's equipped you for that. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of Equipped to Be. Stick around. Well, Blythe and Helen, I'm so excited to have you on the Equipped to Be program. This is just a, a great honor for me. One, because I love the work that you're doing. And two, because I just love you too. You're awesome. And I love the dynamic and the sweet, tender relationship that you have as a mother and daughter and the way you support not just each other, but literally everybody you come in contact with. So thank you for coming on Equipped to Be today. Thank you, Connie. Thank you so much, Connie. We're excited to be with you. You're so amazing. And we're excited to spend this time with you. So before we get going, I would love to pray over our time. So if you just uh, allow me to do that. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the work that Blythe and Helen have done and continue to do. Thank you for the, oh my goodness, just the shining light of relationships between mothers and daughters and, and relationships in general. Uh, Father, I pray that you would bless our time and that you would be in the midst of our conversation in Jesus' name. So as I was preparing for our show, I didn't want this to be all about this brand new book launch, which I talked about in our intro. I love you, mom. It's so near and dear to my heart. I have to tell a little backstory for our listeners. And that is, it was about seven years ago that I met Blythe. And as I said in the intro, you know, Blythe is a literary agent and she's my literary agent. And she believed in the book project when I truly didn't know what I was doing. And I was in the midst of a season of um, trial. And what has happened, and that's why I'm so honored to be part of just your journey in a small way, is we move from being just author client, author agent to friends. And Helen, as you know, our story well, you know, my mother was struggling. So the whole mother-daughter relationship is such a tender place in my heart that when you wrote and co-wrote Mended, Restoring Hearts of Mothers and Daughters, that just resonated with my soul. One, because my mom isn't here anymore, but I had already done that work of restoring hearts of mothers and daughters. And as we talk about relationships in general, because that's the topic of our podcast days, we are equipped for relationships. Helen, tell me, I was reading in Mended, and I just underlined this, we often emulate the relationships we're modeled. And you did not have this idyllic model from your mom. And my first question to you, Helen, is 
why didn't you just quit when you couldn't please your mom or you had a mom that always had to be right and you were a child bearing such a load why didn't you just quit like so many kids or teens do today I've never even thought about what you've asked me Connie but God just gave me the answer so here we go I didn't realize until just minutes ago when you began to ask this question that really the most troubling times with my mom came after I became a Christian at age 27. Isn't that interesting? That um, is. So he, speaking of equipped, he equipped me to think through what was going on. I'm sure that I tried to, what is it called, do my best during some very difficult years of verbal abuse and just nightmares. But things really did bloom when I became a believer. And God just was so faithful in giving me the strength to think through what was going on. And there was that part of me, the the God part of me, that just um, longed to be strong and to not follow that same path with my daughter and my son. Um, I made that inner resolve, um, I think, right away that I did not want that, that pattern in our family. And God has really been faithful to give us and equip us with the life principles and the scriptures that we needed as a family to not do that. Because as I studied psychology, that was my major in college. And then I ended up getting a master's in it and a a specialist degree and then a doctorate in in psychology. Was I looking for answers? I sure was. (laughs) And of course, the Bible has most everything we need. But the pattern in, in the world and in scripture is that Whatever we focus on, we will emulate, we will follow and repeat. And I really thank God that he He scooped me up early and changed our pattern. <laughs> you know, I love what you said. We hear a lot about mother wounds and we, we're in a season, I feel, where we often blame our parents. We blame them and we label them toxic. And instead of like both of you write in your books, Mended and I love you, mom, instead of leaning in and Helen, like you said, I made a deliberate decision and the Lord rescued me from continuing that broken pattern so that you would be a different mother to Blythe than your mom was to you. And I'm seeing such a, I don't want to talk to my parents anymore because they're so toxic. We don't want to lean in as a culture and restore these relationships. We want to put a wall up. And I don't know if you have seen this in writing or doing interviews, but Blythe, the work that your mom did early in her life, that that conscious decision of, we're going to change the legacy. We're going to change the dynamics that greatly impacted your relationship with your mom. But as you write, you still had things to work through. And there was a quote that you had in mended from Stacy Eldridge. It just basically talked about, we're not going to be perfect and we're not going to get it all right. We're going to say things we shouldn't say. We're going to do things we shouldn't do even with the best of intentions and even knowing that we're praying every morning, we're asking the Lord, but Blythe, you were willing 
to then go in those areas where even there was some friction or tension between you and your mom, as is with every relationship, and you entered in and you're like, no, we're going to focus on like the relationship. We're going to put our differences aside, whether they're ideological, philosophical, political, whatever they are, we're going to focus on that relationship. What made you decide, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to not put up a wall. I'm not going to turn away. I'm not going to resist. We're going to lean in and we're going to be even better because I know you you were close, but we're going to be even better to the point where now you're authors helping other mothers and daughters. What was your turning point or or how did God move in your life, Bly? Yeah, so the turning point, I think when any relationship feels like it could be distanced or severed or just broken is just that feeling of, I don't like to be separated. I don't like to be separated from someone that I love. I don't like feeling this way um, that I can't fully enter into the relationship that I want to have or that we used to have. It's, it's kind of like when you would drop your child off at a nursery or a mother's morning out and your child was reaching for you, for you. And there was this separation and you knew you, you, knew that you needed to go on and, and your child was standing there, like, how could you leave me? And that, that Mm -hmm. sense of separation and that sense of we're not close, we're not where we should be in this moment. I think that carries on throughout our whole lives. And we don't like to be separated or broken in any relationship, but I think especially with moms and dads, because those are our those are our family members. Those are the people that we do life with and our family of origin. And so it makes it tough for the very people that you do life with your family. um, Even if it's not the best influences, those are the people that you count on, you rely on. And so for me, it was noticing that there was this space between us that I didn't want. And so how do we resolve that? How do we come back together? And whether it's me owning it or mom owning that tension, um, we just want to be able to address that and to be able to move forward because, you know, I was explaining to my daughter even last night about a situation that she's feeling some angst over that we want to address it and we want to do our part, but ultimately we want to pray peace over our hearts because whether it turns out the way we would hope for it to or not, we can still have peace over our hearts. So Philippians 4, 6, um, I just love that verse that talks about the peace that passes understanding. And so um, it is our part to move toward each other. But even in that, that asking for God's peace, no matter the circumstances, um, it's just something that I feel like we need to remember. You often talk a lot about grace. Uh, You talk about how the impact that a mother has on the future generations, you know, with the words that we say, the actions that we have. Um, Helen, you are a great example of, all right, so uh, we can't blame our past. We can't blame our parents for what we choose to do and the future relationships we have with the next generation. So I absolutely love that and how you write about that. But I I have a question then. You often say in your books, and you speak about this, you can only do so much. It's it's a two-way street. So either one of you, I'm going to ask this question. If the other person, let's say the listener is like, yeah, I really want that. I want that story. I want, I want to change the trajectory. I want to put down the walls. I want this closeness there. Because Blythe, you're a mom of three, and you're in the midst of raising these children and I mean, we've had some great conversations and anyone who is a mother knows we're not going to always say it right or do it right. 
So here's my question. What if the other one isn't willing to extend the hand and rebuild the relationship? What, just take a second or we'll take a minute or two. And and what do you recommend? I recommend that you, the one that feels like you have done the least to bring about the problem. Let's just say it like that, that um, you are the most equipped, therefore, the strongest in the Lord, therefore, because you maybe haven't stirred up the most trouble in the relationship. So you are the most equipped to go to the other one and begin the process of reconciliation. So often the mature believer um, hangs back because they're waiting for the other person to initiate fellowship but you're the one you're the lamb and you're the one that the shepherd wants to use so we have offered in our book mended and other places we really encourage the stronger believer to initiate forgiveness by going to that one and saying you know god has shown me that i I lacked some love in this place and this place and this place. And I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And do you hear the um, humility, the true humility and honesty? And it's it's just beautiful. And um, it's just fabulous. And just weeks ago, the Lord gave me a, a visual, a a word picture for that process. And he said, look at, um, look at a tennis tennis court. And he said, your responsibility is your side of the net. And, you know, you're not to look on the other side and blame and um, shame the person on the other side of the net. And this is all coming from Matthew 7 about the log in your eye. He said, I, I, you clean up your side of the net and make sure you are clear and clean and have asked forgiveness for all of those things. And, and then we'll see what happens then. So uh, I have just, I'm still working on some, some thoughts about that process, but it's just so God that that would bring the grace into the relationship. It's, it's what um, Isaiah 58, 12 and Isaiah 61, 4 call us to, and it's the rebuilding of walls. Uh, God is, has given us two beautiful verses. Again, that's Isaiah 58, 12 and Isaiah 61, 4, that he has called us to, repair what what has been broken you know the the situation of repairing and mending and making your relationship stronger with your mom and as you were raising you have two daughters and a son how have you seen uh the culture shift uh the the pull the tug it used to be parents reign supreme we still know and i helen you both will probably agree with this i mean parents are still the primary influence on their child's life i know 
uh, society doesn't want to promote that. And, and we see, Blythe, you see this being laid, um, played out where parents are undermined and marginalized. And, you know, the model is for kids to not listen to their parents. So has developing a relationship with your daughters and even your son, but has that been different from what it was with you and your mom? That's a great question. And I think that it hasn't changed when the heart of it is based on the way that God designed families to function in that um, husbands as the head of the home and the wives submitting to the husbands. And then the children see that strong relationship between husbands and wives. It doesn't mean a perfect relationship, but a strong relationship, a God designed relationship. And that the children fall underneath that covering because I think the kids that I see and the struggles that I see with parents and kids is that a lot of times I don't see that foundation where there's a strong marriage under the Trinity, um, under the Godhead, where the kids just flow in that authority and in that line. And I, I just feel like it's so important for kids to see that their first um, line of communication is to God anytime, all the time. And I tell my kids, you can always talk to God, even in the hardest moments of your day, he's always with you. I'm not always with you and neither is dad. But then I think just the intentionality, like you talked about, Connie, that culture hasn't really approved or respected families for the communication and time spent together. There's all this attention about going out and doing things. And, and we've lost that true intention of, how do we gather together as a family? How do we find God in our every day? And I think the more that we can do that and take our kids through um, what it looks like to live lives of faith in God, I feel like that opens up the communication because when you can talk about God and what he's doing in their lives, then you have the relationship to then talk about, okay, now God says that we are to honor and respect our parents. Have I done anything that has not been honorable? is there something that I need to work on that hasn't shown you respect? And I've had to ask my kids that like, or, or just admit it that I didn't, I didn't show you respect when I told you what I, what you should do rather than give you the opportunity to make those decisions. And so I think that's just sort of a top down, if I could think of it that way. That's yeah. a great example. I know that when we talk about, we are equipped for relationships uh, in the book, relational soul, the authors say we are designed for and defined by our relationships and God and God started the family. That is the place where relationships are first learned, formed. We learn how to model that. You know, it's more than just getting along with somebody. It's deeper than just uh, using our manners and knowing how to be polite. You both have touched on this, and I heard as we have talked. There's a sense of humility in uh, being around, being with, and in entering in other people's lives. And both of you touched on. It's not a pushing your way in, but it's this gentleness of realizing, as Helen, you said, um, getting the log out of your own eye. As parents, we're expected to you know, have it all, and, and we would love to be able to think we do. Um, but it's once we go through the journey, we turn around and we look back, and me having adult children, I, I clearly have been uh, made aware of my shortcomings, but not because my children were uh, unkind or harsh, or we have great relationships with our kids. But I, I also believe like uh, 
pride go. We, we don't want to be prideful. We want to think that we've arrived or we did it all right. And I didn't hear either of you talk about that. And so when we think about we are quick for relationships, it's not just with mothers and daughters. It's with your spouse's wife. You mentioned that. It's with your kids. It's with your colleagues. Like I started off saying, Blythe, we were... Uh, author agent at now friends where we we spend time we've you know I've spent time with your family I've I've spent time in your home we've tootled around theme parks together that's the reality of what I believe God says when he wants us to do life together it starts first in the home and then expands beyond that so I have a question I was looking at something um that both of you said, and you write about this in your new book, I Love You, Mom. So I want to pivot over to your newest book because it's just come out. I love it. And Blythe, would you share a little bit about what led to this particular book? I love it. I have been combing through it. I love the verses that you use, but tell us a little bit more about the book and why you wrote it. Great. So Mom and I wrote, I love you, mom, cherish word gifts from my heart to yours as a gift book for moms. And this is something that's really more of a practical outcome of our first book mended, which was kind of the, what we've been talking about. Some of the practical ways to strengthen your relationship with your daughter. And so this would be just the outcome of that, of this is 25 word gifts and each word gift is a character quality about mom. So we just felt like, you know, what, what else can we give mom? Mom has lots of things in her closets. What would be meaningful? And we felt like words would be words of affirmation that moms long to hear that they're doing a good job and that they're appreciated and thought of. And so we wanted to, of course, bring these word gifts from scripture. And so each of them ties into a specific scripture. So, you know, you are faithful, you are fearless, you are confident, just things that, that the mom can go, wow, I, I really am these things, right? She, my daughter or my son sees me as this. And so the way that we've done it is we've written it directly to the mom. So it's in, you know, mom, I see this about you. You've always instilled this in me. Thank you. Thank you for what you've meant to me in this area. So like we've tried to give specific language. Um, there is a place in the beginning of the book that someone can write their own letter to mom, the person that's giving this book to mom. Um, so if you're listening, this is a, a, a way to celebrate mom, a way to just let her know how much you love her and how you see her in your life and how important she is. Because as we said earlier, Connie, you know, there's been, I feel like just a sense of moms don't really know what their children need, that the schools need to tell the parents. Um, what their kids need because the school teachers and educators, they know what kids need. Well, no, God clearly made moms and dads to know their role in the family and to know how valuable their words and their actions are. And God tells us in scripture to honor our parents and mother, our parents, our fathers and mothers. And so we just saw this as a practical way for people to be able to honor um, their mom. And so that's what it contains. What I love about it is the the trueness of we are we are not validated as mothers. If anything, we're marginalized. Anybody can do that job. Well, you can't outsource this particular role. It's it's a role, and same with fathers. Um, it, it just it can't be delegated to somebody else because we're dealing with matters of the heart, which makes me think about what I hear as a. a a personal friend of yours and having actually watched the dynamics of your relationship and as you've gone through trials and struggles uh, just since I've known you 
both of you are intentional about life-giving words. Helen, will you touch on the power of life-giving words? Because it's all throughout both of your books. It's it's examine yourself first, you know, like you said, get the log out of your eye. But, you know, listeners, I, I want you to hear something that's very profound. We cannot have a, a one-sided relationship if we think we are always right and the other is always wrong. We also can't engage with, in a healthy relationship if all of our communication is uh, letting somebody know how we can correct them, we can fix them, or how we could do it better. So, Helen, I, I'd love for you to talk. When I speak to you, my face lights up. I walk away thinking, oh my goodness, she just inside, you just... Fill me because your words truly are life-giving. And with your background and your studies, why is that so important? Thank you, Connie. You know, I I realized just even a few days ago more clearly that where my injuries were with my mom was words. Hers were so abusive. And I think that is why I cherish good words, because that was the need of my heart. I wanted so much uh, to hear good things. And so for Blythe and I to now have this book, I Love You, Mom, with the cherished word gifts, is really, I think, a choice on our part to encourage a legacy of love and good words. to the next generation or the generation even above us. But to choose those words, gosh, scripture is so clear. One of the strongest verses about the importance of our words is um, Proverbs uh, 18.21, I believe. And it says that our words either bring life or death. Uh, There are many more. And I think we put them in uh, the back of mended. Uh, there's quite a few verses where the Bible speaks of the importance of our words. So we are word happy. Indeed, we are. Because as you said, Connie, the culture is so coming against the family and especially the roles of mother and father. And it's just so important that we try and restore these relationships because the family is really being assaulted and we don't want to tear it down within the family. Every word that is said to one another is vitally important. It really is. I speak on the importance of words, but I, I wrote in Parenting Beyond the Words and monitor your mouth. Let the words that you speak land into a tender place of your child's heart or your spouse's heart or your friend's heart. Being mindful of your words. And, you know, Blythe, you have been actually giving authors a place to share their words, their message with authors. So you're a literary agent giving life to all these authors' works. And now God is, in addition to, not moving you away from, right? Um, (laughs) He's giving you an addition to bringing other people their words to life. Now he is putting you in this role of bringing words and a message to others, to, you know, tens of millions of people uh, that are in need of such life-giving words. How does it feel to be able to co-write a book with your mom? 
It is really special, Connie. I, I am so grateful for the opportunity that God brought along and, and we didn't seek it necessarily. We, um, we were working on some ideas, but, but God opened those doors for us. And, you know, I will say this, he put something inside my heart right before we found out we were going to work with the publisher on this book. And it was the word intentionality. And I knew that he was calling me to be intentional with mom. And it was around this idea of writing together. And so he gave me the word and then he, a few well, two months later, brought about the opportunity for us to write our first book together. And so I just want to encourage those who are listening that if you have something on your heart that you would love to do, um, ask God to show you how he's going to do that with you. I just believe that when God does put a desire in our heart, he's going to fulfill that. He doesn't just give us a desire and then just say, well, you're just supposed to carry that desire for a long time. All of our words are important. And Connie, the words that you have shared on this podcast and in your book um, for parents is so vital. The work that you're doing, you're giving life to people just by who you are and your experience. And so I think that's what people, people need to know that there's people that have experience and that are encouraging them. And I feel like that's what you do. That's what our heart is to just give people words and encouragement for these days. And I do feel privileged to get to do that with you and others that I get to work with. And mom, of course, um, it's just such a, it's such a gift and I'm grateful. So as we kind of wrap up the segment, I found it fitting Blythe that you said, really, you were talking about listening to the Lord and in your newest book, one of your uh, 25 words is listening in and you quote first John five fifteen. Since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. That really is the crux of making our requests made known before the Lord. God does want us to have whole, healthy, strong, life-giving relationships. Um, they are the bedrock. They, Besides Christ... On earth, the nature of our relationships are so vital to everything. It's it's not networking. It's not rubbing shoulders. It's not a who's who. It's, it's being real and being authentic. And like Helen, when I say, and Blythe, even with you, when you hang up the phone or you walk out of the room, the person doesn't feel shredded. They feel inspired, encouraged, equipped, uh, that they have the confidence to take the next battle, to fight the next fight, or to have that difficult conversation. As we wrap this up, both of you listened to what God was placing on your heart. And this book, uh, I Love You, Mom, it's more than a Mother's Day. It's anytime. It's now. Buy the book. Order the book. You guys know I don't often say, go buy a book. But I'm telling you, go buy this book. And get mended as well. I'll put those in the show notes. They're vital. They are at the crux. That mother-daughter, that relationship component. So Blythe, I'm going to give each of you a minute and a half leave our audience with something that maybe we haven't talked about or you haven't said that kind of struck a nerve as we've we've talked that you want our listeners to think about and pray about going forward. So I would say that, you know, one of the things that also led us to share this book, I Love You Mom, is that um, sometimes, and maybe you're one of these people that you don't know what to say to your mom or your mother-in-law or a grandmother and you're just not even sure how to start a conversation. I feel like it's really important that you're able to be honest before God, first of all, and say, God, I don't know how I'm going to move forward. And this is so tough. 
but I'm willing, I'm willing to make that move and I'm willing to give my heart. I feel like when mom was struggling in some ways with her mom, she didn't have a card that she felt like was honest and genuine. And I feel like what we have tried to do, and I love you, mom, and our heart overall with moms and daughters is to say, you know, we're not going to sugarcoat things. We're not going to make it sound flowery. We're going to be honest about where we are, but we also just want to reach for that higher goal of saying, I want to have a great relationship with you. I, I love you. I see you. And, and I know that we haven't always seen eye to eye. We've not always gotten along, but overall my heart is for you. And I love you, mom. And I feel like the way that we have tried to word things in the book is to, when you can put someone in a higher position, maybe they haven't always been fearless. Maybe they haven't always been faithful, but when we can pronounce those words over them, it causes someone to want to rise up to be those qualities. So if we can cause each other, encourage each other, as you were talking about, Connie, encourage someone by your words, not tear them down. People want to, they want to rise up to that challenge. They want to be seen as loving and that they've tried their very best. So that's what I would say is just don't give up. Even if, if you have a relationship that's not quite there yet, that you would like to see with your mom or your mother-in-law prayer is the number one way to continue. We know that God listens and we know that we want to bring that person before the Lord and pray for their heart and pray for our heart in the process of trying to give them affirming words. So anything is possible with God. And and we know that he is the restorer of relationships. That's great. Helen, what do you, what do you have to say? Well, I agree with all that Blythe has said. And, and if I added something, it would be this, that God, he clearly has created us for relationship. That's why he made us to have a relationship with him and then with one another. And so we know it is his will to keep hanging in there. And one of the word pictures that's come into mind that I'd love to leave with your listeners is the two cups bumping. And God gave this to me many years ago. And each cup represents you and one other person in relationship. And when they bump, and they will, what comes out is what is in your heart, not theirs. Proverbs 4 is really clear. It says, guard the heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. So it's good to know your issues. And it's just been such a blessing to do this book with Blythe. And the last entry, the 25th um, devotion that's in there has to do with a blessing. I know your listeners are real familiar with the numbers six blessing verses 24 to 26. And if we choose to bless those who curse us, it, God just does something amazing. And I thought back recently to two of the most wonderful gifts that I ever was able to give my mom. One was a wordless journal book that I filled up with verses when she was going through chemotherapy. She loved that. It blessed her. In other words, we had so much brokenness and we were still quite unfinished, but she loved that. And I had made her some earrings. You know, the when you go to a craft store, those wonderful little wooden hearts I had painted them red and put a little glued a clip on the back but I had written on the front I love you mom Mm. she wore those ugly earrings (laughs) (laughs) for the longest time it meant so much to her so this is a wonderful season of 
new life as we enter spring. And I just pray for everyone hearing this message that you will be renewed in your dependence on God to give you words even for the one that is wounding you. And in Mended, we really did give several dozen conversations that are just one or two sentences that would help you. So, Connie, thank you for letting us share our hearts with you. Well, ladies, thank you for joining me. And in the show notes, friends, I will have all their contact information. You can follow them on social media. You can connect with them reading their book. You will be encouraged, delighted, and literally your lives can be changed with your relationships, with the information and just the insights that they share because they were willing to be transparent. So Helen and Blythe, thank you for coming on Equipped to Be. And friends, thank you for joining us. And this wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. Have a great day. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.